to the show everybody this is lifestyle of a gay black boy i am your host and today i'm not even going to give you an alias i'm just aj vandertunt and we are here to start off the kickoff celebration of the first day of pride here in upstate new york and i've got a little treat for us today we have a special guest but before i bring him in i just want to let you know if you want to interact with the show please feel free to do so on all of our social media platforms, which is Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy, on any social media you can think of, including Vero. I am still there. Also, if you want to interact with the show, feel free to do so by email. Send an email to Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy, which my email is going to be lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's Lifestyle, G as in gay, B as in black, B as in boy, at gmail.com. I'll be sure to read your emails and maybe featured on the show. And if you have questions, I'll definitely take a look at them and maybe get you some help. So today, again, it's the first day of Pride Month here in upstate New York. And I have somebody that I'd like you all to meet. Go ahead, sir. Hello, I am Jeffrey. I am a spokesmodel with the HIV Stops With Me campaign. That is HIVStopsWithMe.org. You can visit our website. We have tons of information about HIV, HIV prevention, HIV testing, and a lot more information about individuals who have, who are living this journey of HIV. I am also a peer, an HIV peer educator and navigator. Basically, what that basically means is that I, having become undetectable and having reached that stage, starting with AIDS to undetectable, I am now um, cert- um, becoming certified to help others in their journey to recovery um, in their HIV, um, basically their HIV journey. Um, everyone, for everyone is different. But that's basically me in a nutshell, me as my role right now, but I had many, many other incarnations previously before. That's so awesome to hear. I love that you say incarnations and that it's a journey. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I love that. Why do you use the term incarnations? Tell me about that. Because every, um, the reason why I use the term incarnations is because every time I went from one role to the next, uh, not only did I go from one role to another role professionally, but I also... Uh, it coincided with different stages of my life that I was shedding a lot of skin. It felt, it was like I was being reborn again as a newer person. And I always find time to go within, shed my old skin and reemerge as a new, um, uh, as a new being. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have any more incarnations. (laughs) Maybe I won't have any more incarnations professionally because this is it. This is Mm -hmm. my purpose. But I may have more incarnation. I, 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 yes, I hope to have more incarnation between now and death. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's so awesome. I can't wait to see your next incarnation as you flow through this life. You are very inspirational, I would say, at least to me and to people that I know who have known you. And it's so beautiful to hear you talk about your journey. So if you're okay with it, let's start with one part of your journey. The HIV Starts With Me campaign. How did you get involved in that? And what is the real purpose for you being a part of the campaign? Well, um, 
I got in, I, I got involved. I, I um, well, let's begin. I was following them through my HIV journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I I became undete- I, I became undetectable nine months after I became HIV positive, mm-hmm. and then it like I said, um, certain events in my personal life um, mark these moments in my life. Mm-hmm. And it, I was coming to my 10th year anniversary of being a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I decided that for that year, I wanted to come out to the world with my HIV status. All right. I had been following the HIV staff with me closely for quite a while. And that's when I kind of became more involved in my activism. And I wanted to do more with sharing what that journey was. Throughout that journey, I was able to speak at various conferences and I met my girlfriend, Jalab. Jalab the brand. And I said I wanted to become a part of it. It took about two years because they have a very strong vetting process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just because you want, just because you want to be a spokesman, doesn't mean you can be. True. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they really vetted at me. They, uh, you know, because some people jump on bandwagons. They wanted to see how committed I was to um, ending the epidemic, bringing awareness, and getting out into the community. There are just certain elements about um, the HIV Stops Women campaign, which is um, very much uh, a four-part, you could say, a four-part series. We're here to build communities. Mm -hmm. Um, We're here to remove stigma. We're here to um, build self-esteem. And lastly, we're also here to bring awareness and involve ourselves with the community. So all those elements have to be, have been there. So I was doing those on my own. And um, once the director um, and the, the organizer of the campaign, Sheldon, um, saw all the work that I had done on my own, we had an interview. Uh, obviously I was selected. Um, I'm going on my second year with the campaign. Our first year, um, we were we went into the pandemic, which was very difficult to um, be uh, get involved with the community. So we had to right. get creative and really do it. This year is a little bit better, um, in in terms of, but it helped to um, even though we weren't able to engage as much in person, we were able to do it. It forced us to do so much online work and think outside the box so and i think we we done that successfully (laughs) it's so awesome to see i myself i grew up i found out i was positive when i was 16 years old and at that point in my life you could have never told me that years down the line i would see people on billboards with advertising campaigns trying to remove the stigma and also inspiring people on their journey to becoming undetectable and I commend you on it. I love seeing how open you are, posting and talking. How has that been for you, stepping into that realm, being more of an open face and honestly a positive influence to a lot of people? Well, I'll be honest with you. Um, It it really began back Mm -hmm. with my grandmother. Mm -hmm. 
Um, one of the things that my grandmother and my mom has always said is that hurt people hurt or damaged people will like to damage other people. Mm-hmm. And when I, be, when I found out that I was HIV positive, I said, I'm not going to be one of those people. Mm-hmm. So I disclosed immediately to anyone I had any sexual interest with. It was like my duty to sh- tell grandma, no, not all hurt people hurt. Not all damaged people want to damage others. Not all, and we're not damaged. Um, um, that's the um, wrong choice of word. But not everyone wants this. I don't want the same fate for someone else. Right. I dated a lot of people who are HIV negative. And I see that you mentioned that you became positive at the age of 16. That was one of the one of the key factors why I really wanted to share my story, especially, was because I was oblivious to the fact I, I thought that people were becoming positive like in their 20s, 30s. I became positive in my 30s. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know it reached that young of an age. And that's when I said, now now we got to do something, especially in the black and, black and brown community. It was just like, now I, I have to speak. Right. You knew? There's <laughs> <laughs> you- no ands or buts. It's like, I have to. <laughs> It was like a calling that was in you that was just there of, I have to do something because you knew you had the power inside of you to do something. Yeah. And with everything that I have gone through in my life and my journey of being a, a Black, homosexual, gay, Latino from immigrant parents, all that whole journey, I, I felt like I had the strength. I was also an adult entertainer. So I came already attached with that stigma. And, but not only... Was I? Not only did it come attached with that stigma, but I had a large following. So why would I not use my voice with my following? Right. It just felt like a waste of so much good could come out of this. It's like, why not? Gotcha. Now, I one thing I want to ask you about when it comes to your HIV status and your journey to becoming undetectable. And I use that term a lot. I know some other people do. Anybody who's not familiar, when we say the journey to undetectable, when you are diagnosed as HIV positive, at a point in time, you may not have a viral load that can be detected by standard measures. And what that means is the virus in your body can have a very high count. Let's imagine a bunch of people filling up a club and that club is huge. There's tons of people inside. At some point, once you start taking medication, which will be to help you live longer and healthier and also combat the way HIV produces in your body, the levels of virus drop to a point that you will be called undetectable. Almost like, let's say it's last call at the club. We know the club is still open. There are still people inside, but nowhere near as many as there were before. Um, Jeffrey, when I give that explanation just to break it down so people understand the journey of undetectable, that gives us a scenario. But I want to ask you yourself, what was it like on your journey going from finding out you were positive to becoming undetectable? Well, my journey was quite difficult because I didn't just find out that I was positive. Mm -hmm. I found out that I had AIDS. Okay. So I had no immune system. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I had over 500 million copies of HIV mm-hmm. and only 18 white blood cells. So for every, so there was 500 HIV warriors. You picture it like a war, mm-hmm. like a gladiator war and 18 on this side and 500 <laughs> million on the other side. <laughs> so there is, there was no, it was, uh, that realization was just like, you need to quit your job. You need to quarantine at home. Mm-hmm. You need to isolate yourself because just by washing the dishes and cutting yourself, a regular bacteria that we kill off every day, you don't, you only have 18 warriors to fight off who are fighting HIV, they cannot go and fight that other bacteria. Mm-hmm. So that becomes an in a, um, opportunistic. Um, nobody dies of HIV. Right. Die of other things because um, when you have a compromised immune system, it compromises your immune system. So basically, since the 18 are fighting the 500 million, mm-hmm. they cannot go fight that other war on the other side. You know what I mean? They can't put out that little fire, which normally they can. Right. And that's an opportunistic um, infection. And at that time, it was do or die. I had to change my whole lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, Drinking, substance use. It was like, otherwise you're going to die. Mm -hmm. And then I knew that I did not want to die. So I became very, um, for me, I approached it from a very different standpoint. It was like, I want this, uh, like I'm a very much of a go-getter person mm-hmm. in, my, in my world. Um, if I have a goal in mind, if I have a job in mind that I want to, or, or anything that I, I want to achieve, I will become disciplined and I will follow every single rule. So it was following every single rule mm-hmm. that the doctor told me I needed to go on medication immediately because there was no if, ands, or buts about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it took a month um, because at that time it was right before Obamacare. Mm-hmm. There was the whole um, pre-existing condition. <laughs> oh. So those, uh, so it was battling with the insurance company and trying to figure out if I'm going to have coverage because the pills for HIV are $2,000. Right. It's not easy. And actually, um, I paid out of pocket for one month because the while the paperwork was going through, it was just like, I called my sister up in the middle of the night and I, I, I it was like five o'clock in the morning and I broke down and I, I just told her, I, I need this uh, I need $2,200. And she was like, what? <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I have a, I have AIDS. I have, I'm going to die if I don't get on these medications. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it was like a Sunday into a Monday. And I, I just broke down and I just explained everything to her. Of course, in, in a matter of minutes, I got the money. I went and started with the medications. My sister actually saved my life because I needed to go on medications right away. And then from there on out, it was every, every week I had two appointments where I would go into to see the doctor 
And even going to see the doctor, going on the subway, it was just hand sanitizers. It was just, you know, what we just experienced with COVID, I was doing it for HIV. Gotcha. The world was a completely different atmosphere and environment because a lot of it was dangerous to you at that point. Everything was dangerous to me. Every Anything, even stuff in my own house was dangerous to me. And mm-hmm. I was living alone at the time. And it, 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 the difficult, the great thing was that I actually opened up and told a family member what I was going through, but mm-hmm. I didn't give her the extent of everything. Okay. Carried most of the weight because at that point, we didn't even know if the medication was going to work on my strain of the virus. As you yeah. know, there, um, even as we are right now with COVID and there is this Delta strain and, you know, viruses mutate and there's different strains to the same virus. So mm-hmm. the same thing is with HIV. So we didn't know if it was going to work on mine. So we had to wait, you know, we kept seeing numbers. You know, the numbers are getting better. My immune system was getting stronger, um, but I was also at home and things like that. So my HIV journey was, I could say for for six months, it was, it was gruesome. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, you are at undetectable, am I correct? I became undetectable in 10 months. It was the fastest my doctor had ever seen from where my levels were from originally, he had never seen a case like this. Right. Also, the fact that I wasn't, um, I wasn't exhibiting any of the AIDS-related symptoms. I wasn't sick. I still had a lot of energy. I wasn't. My, I hadn't. You know, it, I didn't have any of the the cancer cells in my mouth or. My lymph nodes weren't that badly swollen. It was like, it was very odd for me to be have AIDS and not ex- exhibit any of the AIDS symptoms other than the fact that the numbers were there. And I trusted the numbers. I went with the numbers. And the numbers kept fluctuating. And eventually, we, when we got down to 100,000, 100 million copies, that's when we started to breathe easier. The medication's working. We are going to continue on this one a day. Let's just keep going, keep going. And then the first goal was trying to get my immune system up from 18. It kept climbing up. We first went, I think it was 77. Then it was 98. Then it kind of took a dip down. And then it went back up. To It was, like a, it was always like a, a tap and go. Um, situation but it was mainly because i waited so long to get tested for hiv that this even happened had i gotten tested earlier i would not have been in that predicament it's very true that testing is definitely something that's important in the community i can even relate to with what you're saying before i found out i was positive i had never actually had an hiv test i was being sexually active at the age of 14, 15, going on to 16, and only found out because of a red drive, I'm sorry, a Red Cross blood drive that my school actually participated in and I made a donation. So testing is definitely very important. And to any of our listeners who are listening, if you have any questions about testing, where I can get 
any testing help in. There are a lot of foundations that are out there to help. The HIV Stops With Me campaign, I found some good connections there. And also looking into other things from the CDC when it comes to HIV. Um, now, and Jeff also, I, I, uh -huh. I, I just want to um, interrupt for a second. There's mm -hmm. also a home test. I, I don't recommend you doing it by yourself. Have a friend or someone who is on call if you're going to do the home test. But I believe that the New York State Department of Health does provide home testing kits that you can test yourself. Yes, they do. They provide home testing kits. And just like you said, don't do the test alone, y'all. If you go out and get a test this year, and I'm going to be giving them away just as a part of the podcast. If you would like to get an HIV test and you don't want to reach out to any other organization, I will be able to provide you an oral HIV test, which is called the OraQuick test. It is a great test to use if you're going to do HIV testing at home, but have somebody with you. I'm going to make sure to send contact information as well for you to report your test results, whether they be positive, negative, or inconclusive, which means you may need to get further testing at a physical laboratory site. Um, throughout all of that, a lot of what I know from my own experience, and Jeffrey, I would like to hear yours as well, associated with HIV and even testing for HIV, there's a huge stigma. Have you encountered or any changes to your life have occurred due to the stigma of HIV? Absolutely. The stigma is very present. Um, you, um, I've had, let's just start with some, some of the examples. I, I've disclosed my HIV status to partners who have said, no, I don't want to have sex with somebody who is HIV positive, mm -hmm. even when you are undetectable. Uh, I've, broken up relationships because of it. Mm -hmm. a, the stigma is still there. Mm -hmm. I've even had um, not so much the guy be a problem, but his family had a problem with my HIV status. Mm -hmm. so we broke up because of that. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm sorry so, to hear that. Yeah, so it's like, okay, we can't move forward <clears throat> because his family wasn't okay with it. And so stigma is all around. And what we try to do is educate people as much as possible about HIV because we all have an HIV status. Some people are negative, some people are positive, but we all have an HIV status. Mm -hmm. And the fact that anybody, any, I mean, anybody, lawyers, doctors, celebrities, non-celebrities, you know, Rock Hudson, we all know, um, Magic Johnson, it's just, it's, it doesn't discriminate. HIV does not discriminate against anybody. Mm -hmm. It can attack anybody. And we all get it from different ways. In the HIV Stops With Me campaign, we have people that were born with it. They did not, there was, there was nothing that they did other than being born. Right. Have it. So we, we got to remember that HIV is right now is with us and we got to remove the judgment about people. You know, it used to be called as high risk behavior, people who engage in too much sex. There's people who've only had sex one time and they've gotten HIV. So I've ex definitely experienced a stigma attached to it, but I, I brought in my um, understanding of it. I've understood that it can happen to just about anybody. 
It can. It really can. HIV, like you said, does not discriminate. It's as easy to get as a common cold for some people if you're not educated in manners to protect yourself. Or it can be as difficult for people who say, I never have sex. But then the first time they have sex, boom. And there's other people who are engaged in high-risk behavior just as much as another person, and Mm -hmm. they don't get it. Mm -hmm. There's still a a lot of studies that are being developed into, there's um, obviously like there were some people during this pandemic that did not get the the virus. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean they're immunocompromised. um, No, not, um, they're like, they're What's the word? Um, people who just won't get it. They're not uh, immunosuperior yes. or like in a better place. It's just the virus and its functions. Yes, it just it just happens that way. And some people at that and, and also has to do with where, what state your immune system is at that time. If your immune system is not quite as strong or you've been drinking too much, dehydrated, you've been engaging in substance use mm-hmm. that also diminishes your capacity to and makes you more susceptible to becoming infected with the virus right a lot of the things that i like to talk to people about and i've seen your posts and heard you talk before is risk reduction a lot of times even though you can be outside doing your normal practices, whether it be sexually, occupationally, just in your everyday things where you could have an exposure risk to HIV, reducing your harm can be just as important as trying to stop everything altogether. As you've gone on your journey, have you come across any good advice or tips that you would give people to reduce their harm? The The first thing is to recognize to reduce the harm, you got to recognize what you like to do. Mm-hmm. Some guys like to bear back. Mm-hmm. And it's just the end of story. Mm-hmm. If you, if that's what you like to engage in, or you like to engage in mm-hmm. a little PNP, hydrate yourself, um, pump yourself with more vitamin C, mm-hmm. um, or it, just any kind of vitamins, try to eat as much as possible mm-hmm. um, in between your PMP play. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are on medication um, or on prep, mm-hmm. don't forget to take it because you're just you know uh, many guys just forget to take their medications when they're engaged in that. Um, one of the posts I did today is the first thing I pack when I pack my bag is my HIV meds. Mm-hmm. Th- that should be also the first thing you pack when it comes to. Uh, anything uh, um your prep or anything along those lines and also um for harm reduction we have pep there is pep which is basically the morning after pill for hiv so if you feel like you've been exposed to hiv you can just go uh, um if you're traveling to a new city that's the first thing i do is um research what clinics are there Mm-hmm. Uh, easily you could get oh, another STI <laughs> and remember <laughs> HIV can piggyback on an STI so mm-hmm. even though you are on and there's still more studies to be done about this but even though you have a very strong immune system so on and so forth when you get infected with uh, gonorrhea chlamydia mm-hmm. 
HIV would infect the gonorrhea and chlamydia and piggyback on that. And while you get infected with one, you get infected with both. Very true. And Very that true. happens to a lot of guys who say, oh, I'm just a top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you got the... the <laughs> mm-hmm. Although you're at a lower risk of getting HIV because you are a top, you got gonorrhea mm-hmm. and it piggyback. And uh, the HIV piggyback, and now you have HIV and gonorrhea. Right. And you could be non-symptomatic, which means you have no clue that you have an infection, including of the gonorrhea. Which Especially a lot of people in the throat think. and in yeah. the anus. Someone mm-hmm. can have it, and you don't notice. It's a lot of juices flowing back um, in both areas. Mm-hmm. So you don't know. And it sometimes feels like phlegm. Okay, maybe I have a cold. I smoked too much this weekend. Whatever. And it's not that, it's the drip of the bacteria. Right, very true. Now, along with the stigma that's out there for people who are negative and taking precautions to prevent becoming positive or seroconverting, which we have the methods out there, like you mentioned PrEP. And for PrEP, anybody who's not familiar with PrEP, you can also go back and listen to a previous episode of Lifestyle called Getting Prepped for Sex, where we will go into a deep dive about PrEP. But PrEP, it's a pre-exposure. So it's going to be something you take in advance before having sex throughout your daily practices to help prevent you from contracting HIV. Like Jeffrey said, how PEP is almost like the morning after pill for HIV. PrEP is going to be like birth control to prevent you from contracting HIV. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They're all great methods that are out there. And again, for our listeners who maybe want to learn more, I advise you go check out my previous episode, because at this point, I want to talk about something that's more focused to our positive or seroconverted individuals who are listening. When it comes to the stigma and making sure to take your medication and then also interacting and having sex with other individuals, Jeffrey, is there any advice you could give our listeners on how to breach that conversation or approach it. I do have one listener letter that I want to read to you first, and then I would like your answer on it, if that's okay. Sure. Great. So our listener wrote in, and I'm going to give you a fake name today. I'm going to go ahead and call you Cotton, just because I'm looking at cotton balls right now. (laughs) (laughs) So Cotton wrote in and asked, I recently found out that I am HIV positive. At this point, I am undetectable on my journey, and I want to get back into the realm of interacting, meeting men, possibly hooking up, and having a sexual partner. I am at this point where I don't understand how to actually approach the conversation and let somebody know that I'm positive. Are there any tips, tools, or strategies that you can give me to help reach these conversations in a more organic and fluid nature and not cause such a rift before I have sex with a partner? Um, uh, I'm going to approach this letter from the approach that this individual wants to disclose his status. Yes. Um, to whatever partner he has. So normally, um, rather than say, it's very hard to have someone sitting across the table from you at dinner. <laughs> you know, just a scenario. It's dinner time. Um, mm-hmm. The waiter just left. Um, they just brought over the appetizers. 
you are, you, you know what I mean? Like you're sharing appetizers. Mm-hmm. And for you to stare at this person and say, hey, by the way, I'm HIV positive. Now that is scary for <laughs> anybody to do. Mm-hmm. But what I normally brush up is, what I normally do is I steam up the conversation in terms of talking about sex and what do you like versus what I like to do in the bedroom and so on and so forth. And while I'm at, in that conversation of talking about sex, which is getting steamy and getting hot. Um, yeah, I like that. You like that. Yeah, I like to lick. I like to eat ass. You know, we're in that in that sense. I, I'm sorry. I don't know if this is PG. <laughs> oh, that is perfectly fine. You be as explicit as you want to. If my listeners are not okay with the splitness, <laughs> they know to turn the channel. <laughs> <laughs> I know because I have a loose, I have a loose tongue. So <laughs> while you're talking about eating ass and sucking dick, and you know I like to be a top or a bottom, mm-hmm. then you also say, well, um, one of the things I like to get out of the way is to know what is your HIV status. Do you know your HIV status? So I always throw it back at them, mm-hmm. and I open. You know, what I mean, at that point. If they're negative, um, they will say I'm negative on PrEP, or they will say I'm positive on detectable, and then I will say, oh yeah, I'm positive on detectable as well, or I'm undetectable. Mm-hmm. That obviously will, if the other person is not okay with your status, that may turn the date sour, but this was, um, at the end of the day, this was not going to go anywhere because you can keep us, you can Obviously, you're a person who wants to disclose right. and live in your truth. If the other person is not okay with it, then you've only made it through the appetizer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you can get the check and, okay, we're not a match. Right. I mean, like, I, it's like something that like you want to rip the Band-Aid off as quickly and as honestly as possible for me. It, mm-hmm. I find it to be easier to... Um, rip it off very quickly. I even, you know, I'm currently dating and so on and so forth. And the 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 person who I'm starting to date now, um, we had this conversation actually over text. It was mm-hmm. just like, um, he, um, he, well, he's actually said to me, um, you seem like a very transparent guy. And in terms of that transparency, I want to tell you my status. And I said, yes, I, I, I am as well. And he's like, well, I know. <laughs> because I'm, all, I'm out there. <laughs> but um, he shared and you know, it. You know, it's just those kind of things. As more transparent as you are with other people, that's more of what you're going to get back. I'm not going to say that there's going to be some experiences where somebody is not going to be okay with it. Somebody is just, it's just reality. Some people are not going to be okay with that reality because they don't, they didn't factor that into their narrative of who they, they aspire to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's okay. It just means we are not a match. I love to hear you say that, that it's okay. I've had scenarios where I've disclosed my status to people and it's gone hugely well. We had great conversations. We possibly still had sex or possibly didn't. And then I've also had those inner encounters where I've told somebody my status and they've completely flipped out on me, went ape shit crazy on me. Like I was 
at their door with a syringe ready to inject them with HIV myself. And in those scenarios, when those things happen, a lot of things that I like to communicate to people and Kai, and I'll say this to you as well, don't let that be the factor that deters you from being able to live your real truth and also doing what you want to do. If you want to disclose your status to somebody, some people won't take it well. They won't. They're going to get upset. There'll be other people out there who will look at you and shrug their shoulders and say, so what? That doesn't change how I feel about you in any spectrum. Those people on both sides, there's nothing that I'm going to say to insult them. The only thing I will say to you, Cotton, is as you go through this journey yourself, use those experiences to build a knowledge base and also help you out so you can be happy and then go from there. And I, I would just add it as early on in your interaction with that individual, <coughs> excuse me, mm -hmm. as you can possibly do, um, have that conversation, do so. Because you don't want to, I mean, for your own personal time, is your time is valuable. Mm -hmm. You don't want to engage with somebody for six months and then he's not okay with it. You waste mm -hmm. six months with somebody. You don't want to do that. So right. as early as early on as possible, just disclose that, you know, early on that they're not okay with it and you can move on and go on to the next. Because there's someone out there who is going to be completely okay with it. Mm -hmm. There is always a tomorrow in these scenarios. And if it helps, and anybody who's listening, including you, Kai, and I hope that you get the information you want from your question. If you need some jumping off points that can also help with disclosing your status to somebody, one thing that I'll do is on my social media or on my dating profiles, I'll put right at the top, I'm positive. That's my headline. If you don't want to have that conversation right in person, it'll be the first thing people see if they go explore your page. But then also, let's say they never got to your page. Let's say you just ended up hooking up with somebody and they're already at your house. At that point, before we even take our clothes off, I'm ready to disclose. I'm going to say, hey, just so you know, I am positive and undetectable. This is what undetectable means if you're not aware of undetectable. And I want you to make the decision. Do you still want to have sex? It may feel like a little awkward stop to the kissing or maybe you had just gotten the clothes off, but it's better to be safe than sorry for yourself if that's something that's going to weigh on your head or if you think you may be putting somebody else at a possible exposure risk. Absolutely. And also, I um, oh, one last thing. If mm -hmm. somebody is not okay with it and goes ape shit on you, which some of them may. Oh, you dragged me all the way here and you didn't tell me. I came all the way to your house. Okay, it was just a subway ride. Here's the 275. Goodbye. <laughs> 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 Do it a little bit more tactfully than that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but do not feel bad about yourself. Right. Whatever you do, that is his issue with HIV. Mm -hmm. And you don't need to convince anybody that you're undetectable. You don't need to show them a printout. You don't need to do anything. Mm -hmm. That is information. It's personal, private information for you. Right. Exactly. In these scenarios, we all have our own power. 
when it comes to sex and things, when it comes to you disclosing your status, you have all the power in that scenario. And I've always brought that up to people that it's your power because it's your story to tell. How other people react is not on you to deal with. And no matter what their reaction is, it doesn't change the person that you are. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, something that I want to talk to you about, because you just mentioned the subway. So I just recently left New York City. This was my first experience there as an adult. It was very overwhelming. But I went because it was pride in NYC. So I want to talk to you, Jeffrey, about your pride experience in NYC. I don't know if I'm coming back to the city just yet. Maybe you can help me out if I do next time. Well, for me, for pride, I just chilled and relaxed at home. Mm-hmm. I went out the night before. Mm-hmm. But I used I used to, you know, when I first moved to the city, I moved, I actually moved a week before pride to New York City. Mm-hmm. So that first pride, I had gotten kicked out of my house. So it was, that one was all about the parties, the festivities. It was about me escaping, celebrating my sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then throughout the years, it, it, it gotten bigger. Um, some of them were on Fire Island on the beach. Um, some of them were marching in the parade for transgender equality. I also marched for crystal meth and um, crystal meth and clean. Um, I did that march uh, as well. You know, throughout the years, they've kind of like changed. This year, I was very much into my space of like wanting to be with my other person and just be at home. I didn't need to be out and about or, you know, I do so much online. I do so much within the community. I do so much within work that is out there is work in the community that this year where there wasn't an official parade, um, although it was very authentic and there was like festivities um, everywhere. Right. I, I, I chose not to partake on them. Mm. I, I basically just hung out and did the quiet thing. You know, I'm, I'm also getting older. I'm 44. <laughs> <laughs> and going out the night before was enough for me. <laughs> I went out to Lambda House, which is right around the corner from my house. And it's like one of the, um, it's a black gay bar in Harlem. Mm-hmm. I had a great time. I had fun. And it was just like, yeah, I, I think I, I, I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I live here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I would have loved to have gone out and, and done more, but I was good, and it was hot. It was hot. <laughs> it was so hot. Oh my god! And that sun was beaming down. I was just like, oh no. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the <laughs> This chocolate is going to melt. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I am with you. I, I did a lot of mm-hmm. self-care. I rehydrated, ate a bunch of comfort food, mm-hmm. ate a bunch of fruits. That was my pride week. I, what I basically did, festivities on Saturday night, and then self-care Sunday, Pride Day. Nice. I love hearing a good self-care Sunday. Self-care is so important. So that's beautiful to hear. So that was basically that. But you should come to the city. It is not always that wild. I mean, we are, we, you know, we've come from lockdown. We, we mm-hmm. survived, many of us, especially in the black and brown community, 
one and two are HIV positive. So many of us are HIV positive in our community. Mm -hmm. Um, So we came from a lockdown. We survived the pandemic. And many of us have a chronic condition. And it was just like time to celebrate. I mean, like all the boys were out. Everyone was just like texting me. I was like, "Uh -uh." Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh-uh. I was in the city. I spent most of my time in Manhattan. And I had a great time. It was a great time, but I am on your wavelength. After the first night, my friends and I went out to a bar. They called me at the hotel because I did not leave my room on Sunday. And they're like, so are you coming out with us? What's happening for Pride? I didn't leave my room until 5 p.m. because it was so hot and I was exhausted. Yeah, and you have to recognize what your limitations are. And when I was younger, yeah, I would go out from Thursday. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't even be Pride, and I was already out. <laughs> <laughs> and I, well, Pride is all year long, and mm-hmm. it's in it's, June is especially that weekend is all month long. But it wasn't even like ready for the party, and I was already out and about. But um, I did miss a few elements um, that were there in the past, like the Pride rally, mm-hmm. where we talk about all the activist work that we that we're engaged in, all the bills that are in Congress, all the things that we're fighting for. And I did miss that rally. Mm -hmm. I wish we had had that rally, which is political, but it it addresses how we we show up in Congress Mm -hmm. and how we show up for our community in Congress. Because pride, yes, it is about our sexuality and expressing ourselves, but there's also our rights, and um, I did miss that element. I wish that uh, next, uh, well, hopefully next year they'll bring it back. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people were very happy that we didn't have any of the big floats with the with the propaganda from all the mm-hmm. individuals, you know, like the AT and Ts and all those people that just come out at Pride to. Mm-hmm market their products so people were very happy they said this is the most authentic so i think we might have a more authentic and less more business you know big business corporation kind of floats and more of a march for next year and i hope they keep that element because it did start as a march not a parade yes i really hope they keep that element I was happy that all of the events that I saw, that I went to and participated in, there were none of those big corporate sponsors who, if you're not familiar, any of our listeners, with what's called pinkwashing, it's what a lot of those big sponsors do. And pinkwashing is sponsors like AT&T, I'll use them specifically, come out with all these items and commercials with rainbows and say they're all for gay pride and activism for queer rights, but then turn around and have lobbyists in the government who are fighting to erase the rights of queer people. So I'm so happy that we had an environment this year where I didn't see that influence and they weren't getting money from what was happening. Yeah, because all they want is our our dollar bills. You know what I mean? It's it's nice to see that it's not about advertising an iPhone or this or that. You get what I mean? It's just, it was about the people coming mm-hmm. together. And I, I saw the festivities because I saw them basically, I just watched online and a lot of friends of mine were just sending videos and clips and this and that. Um, I got a sense of it. I, I'm still happy that I wasn't 
hopping around with all those people. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I was happy to be bouncing in my bed. <laughs> Look, I can understand. Oh my gosh. Under the AC, it was very and watching I watch RuPaul's Drag Race. I watch I watch the NBC or ABC NBC or ABC special and the performances. Mm-hmm. You know, I was involved. I was engaged. I just don't have to be out there. Right. Understandable. Completely understandable. Now, I want to thank you for coming on, being a guest. It has been great to just have a conversation with you. You are somebody who I'm just going to pump up your head, and I'm sorry if this (laughs) embarrasses you. You are definitely an inspiration, not only to me, But do I know people who are like me, look like me, have gone through experiences that are similar? And I want to ask you, is there any gem of knowledge, a gem drop that you would leave for anybody who listens to this, whether it's in the future, now, or even years after we're gone? Because I'm hoping this content will still be here. Yes, it will actually be here after we're definitely gone. (laughs) Nothing (laughs) in the internet is erased. (laughs) (laughs) That is for my 15 minutes of fame. Andy Warhol is more than 15 minutes. (laughs) 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 We live on forever in this day and age. Um, No, but um, if I had something to say is hidden in your deepest feelings is your highest truth. Mm -hmm. This is from the book Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. Mm -hmm. And those words, what they mean to me is that if you listen to that inner voice within yourself, I mean, it's a quiet little voice. Mm -hmm. The voice is loud. It's the voice is telling you to do the wrong thing. That's the one that comes from the ego. Mm -hmm. That one's yelling. But if you listen to that quiet voice within you and you center yourself and you really listen to that, that one will never steer you wrong. You will always know what to do in every situation, any, any time. So when you're feeling low, when you're feeling down, listen to that inner voice. It speaks. It, it's like a whisper. But it will guide you throughout your entire life and in throughout your entire journey. You will never have to ask anybody for any advice or you within you are all the answers. Mm-hmm. You know that already. People call it the gut. Some people call it intuition, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's all, all the answers are really within you. And if you listen to that voice, it will guide you. You will know, just don't get in your head. Because that one's the eagle. <laughs> Ooh, yes. <laughs> and that one always, you know, she sometimes she can be good, sometimes she can be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she and can I be the girl who walks in and destroys everything. Right. And I want to thank you so much for having me on your show and talking about it. And once again, I am a part of the HIV Stops With Me campaign. That is HIVstopswithme.org. You can find out a ton of information regarding HIV and the HIV journey, prevention, testing, PEP, PrEP, and everything in between. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a beautiful thing for everybody. Now, would you be okay if any of my listeners want to reach out to you on your social medias? 
they can most certainly reach out to me on my a Facebook account. It is Leo Donato, L-E-O-D-O-N-A-T-O. That's my stage name when I used to be an adult entertainer. On my Instagram, it is at Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, not with a G, dot Feliz Ibez is my last name, F-E-L-I-Z-Y-B-E-S. And my Twitter, which I have a lot of people there, it is at Leo Donato, L-E-O-D-O-N-A-T-O. Awesome. I will make sure to include all your information in the link. I, again, can't say thank you enough. And I would love to have you back for a second time to talk about your entertainment industry experience and more of your knowledge throughout just the queer realm that we all exist in. Oh, girlfriend, we're going to talk sex. We're going to talk sex, (laughs) fetishes, (laughs) swinging from the chandelier, (laughs) you you know. The harnesses, the everything, the slings. <laughs> oh, look, I am here for it. I have the best thing for us to talk about kink and sex and experiences because this month is going to be all about our queer lives and what we do experiencing it. And fun should not be left out. No, absolutely not. That's why we're <laughs> celebrating ourselves. Yes, there is a political and there's a serious element to it, but we're a complete human being and it includes the fun. <laughs> I mean, bumping the grind. Why do you think I spent it at home? <laughs> Look, you were having your like, own pride. I'm, like, I mean, I'm just doing my own pride. <laughs> Who needs to be out there looking for anything when you got it right here? <laughs> mm-hmm. You got it. Play with it. Have fun. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you again, Jeffrey, for coming on. I will be making sure to get this episode out for all of our listeners so you can all listen. Thank you all for listening to this. And again, if you would like to interact with the show, feel free to do throughout the show. Getting tongue tied. Feel free to do so through all of our social media platforms at Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy or reach out to us by email at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. I will have Jeffrey back. And Jeffrey, when you come back, I'm pretty sure I'll have some more listener questions for you. So I oh, hope you're definitely. ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for-